Welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, the podcast of board gamers and the insane fun we have at the table together. This is Chris. And this is Anthony. And this is episode 323, BGG Hotness for May 2021. We'd like to thank all of our Patreon backers for helping us bring you a brand new episode. All right, everyone, we're back and we are talking once again about the hottest games on Board Game Geek, the games that everyone's anticipating getting to the table and seeing how they, you know, match up, rank up and burn up the charts. And we have our very own Anthony that's going to give us a detailed review and preview about why those games are hot and on BGG. Right, Anthony? That's what I do. I go through all these things and read the forums and try to figure out why people care. And I tell you all why it happened. Honestly, it's one of three things. It's either it just shipped from a Kickstarter, it's a brand new Kickstarter, or the designer did something really stupid. So we'll we'll get to that later. Absolutely. I think that, Anthony, at some point we need to do like maybe like a six or eight hour episode where we have like whiteboards and charts and we try to figure out like the algorithm and all the quantum mechanics that go into all of these different things because board gaming was something very different even like i don't know five years ago than it is now so oh my god yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have to dive deep into that in the future maybe write a dissertation on it i don't know but we'll, we'll talk about that at a later point and again we're here to bring you the most detailed independent media about whatever it is that's going on board gaming because again um, we're big gamers like you, and getting those great games to the table what we're all about. So with that said, Anthony, we have so much to talk about this week. We just recently wrapped up our Twitch stream last Wednesday. And again, uh, if you have not listened or have not seen it yet, on Board Game Arena, we have an embedded feed that uses our Twitch stream on Board Game Arena. So either go to Board Game Arena at 8.30 p.m., and you will see our Game of the Week and our feature review there and you'll be able to join in with the show or go over to twitch and then on board game arena's twitch channel you'll be able to join our game of the week last week was hardback anthony what's this week this week we're gonna do like a a little bit of a smaller game like a little known one but it's one you and i played for the first time and i absolutely loved it i went out and actually bought a physical copy of it because i enjoyed it so much it's called chakra so uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's probably a game a lot of people haven't heard of because I had not before I saw it on Board Game Arena. But sure. uh, I, I really felt strongly about it. So I want to make sure it's out there and people get a chance to check it out. And um, it's a little bit of a lighter game, It's but it's a lot of fun. And there's a lot of brain twistiness to go in there. So it's always a lot of fun that way. Very cool. So we'll be talking about that game. We'll be talking about our question of the week. We'll be talking about everything that's going on. So again, if you're listening to this podcast on Wednesday morning, Join us at Wednesday p.m., 8.30 Eastern Standard Time, Eastern Daylight Time, and we'll have a good time playing some games together. All right, Anthony, so that's what's going on with us. Let's talk about what's going on with our listeners and our viewers, because again, if you're listening to this on an audio podcast, you might want to know that Board Gamers Anonymous podcast is now available on a video format, of course, on YouTube. So you can enjoy that on Fridays if you just don't get enough of us and you want to see us actually do the episode recorded live. So we're doing more and more content. We've been talking about this forever, about doing more and more stuff. So Board Gamers Anonymous um, coming out in person on Twitch, on YouTube. I pleaded to God for these days never to happen and they happen. So we are no longer <laughs> anonymous in that way. So hopefully you enjoy that content. So please, please, please subscribe on YouTube because we'd love to see you there and you'll be notified when we do new episodes. All right, Anthony, so that's what's going on with us. Our question of the week, what's going on with our listeners? Yeah, yeah, we love this part of the show. The question of the week, let's dive in and hear what all of you have to say. Uh, this week, what game in your collection would you be happy to see a reprint or second edition for? Ooh. And why? Why, 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 why? So it's, that's the big part of this. Don't just tell me a game name. Tell me why it matters. Uh, Eric says, turn in taxis. It's a great game and more people should be able to play it. 
I agree. I have a copy of the original edition of this game. I don't have the expansion. It's super ugly. Give me a pretty version of this game because sure. it's it's a lot of fun. Um, Jeffrey says something I know you and I both agree with, Chris. Mombasa with a retheme. So yep. uh, he thinks there's a really interesting combination or card management and area control system in this mm-hmm. game, but the theme keeps some people away. It's uh, true. A lot of us. Yeah, like you and I both own copies of this game, but we don't really get it out because of that. No, my copy's still sealed, but I've played it before I bought it, and I didn't know. I was just like, I'm a Eurogamer, cubes! Which is not an excuse, (laughs) nonetheless, but it's literally what happened at a a beer hall. And, you know, you don't think too much about it, but now that you think about it, you're like, oh, yeah, that's what that was. Uh Uh-huh. But again, the mechanics is just amazing. It's one of my favorite games for the mechanics of all time. But the theme is like literally the worst. <laughs> so I'm just like, <laughs> why? Why? So come on, guys, you know, get with the times, do the right thing and reprint this game so that we can get them to the table. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Um, so AC Holt says Orleans. Uh, the Orleans, base game yes. need not have that dumb coins only game board. Uh, include the traders invaders expansion or whatever it is and include the fifth player by default uh it would be asking a lot but go ahead and get some bgg bits equivalent in there as well okay this is i think this applies to a lot of games where you release a base game it's popular and then they layer on expansion after expansion after expansion after upgrade and then eventually as a consumer you don't know what you're supposed to get right i know so they did that big Kickstarter for Terraforming Mars a few months ago. And what I wanted was an ultimate edition of Terraforming Mars where they streamlined it. They pulled in the stuff that works. They got rid of the stuff they didn't, Venus. And they made it into a complete solid game with decent artwork in one box. And they didn't do that. Yeah. And they should have done that because that's what people yep. want, right? <laughs> I already have everything. You have almost everything. Why? Like a lot of people do, but then people coming into it new, they're like, "I'm not going to spend three hundred dollars in this game. What do I need to buy?" And they don't know. So yeah, there's a lot of games like that, unfortunately. Yeah, you want an essential edition. You want to do what Stegmeier did with Viticulture, where you just like re-examine all the parts and just keep the good stuff. And again, if you did like one of the random expansions that either didn't work really well, but you liked it, those expansion stuff was still available out there in the market. But like you said, these games are getting very expensive, very overbloated, and it's hurting gameplay. Like Terraforming Mars is the perfect example of that. Like you said, it's just like the card deck just keeps getting bigger and the game just gets sloppier throughout. It's like, oh, cool. I got the corporations that works with floaters. Oh, no. (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) It's just like, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, couple other ones. Uh, Jesse says Vegas Showdown. It's really fun, but man, is it ugly. Uh, Josh says Magical Athlete. He's got a print and play version of the game with amazing artwork. The original board was hideous. Yes. And the game is so random, but it's good, silly fun. <laughs> it is. Kenny says Nauticus because he'd like an official English rule book and all the hundreds of games that I own. It needs an insert the most because of all the random shit pieces. Um, Andrew points out a really cool thing. The fan-made version terrified which takes horrified which is a game about the universal movie monsters and adds in like the 70s and 80s slasher movie monsters like your freddies and your jasons and creates a kind of grown-up version of that which is brilliant if you haven't seen the fan version of this it's brilliant it's it's fantastic nice um and then my number one here which i'm saving to the end is spirium from drew thank you thank you drew (laughs) and update the components a few more cards we welcome and then he says take it away with your thoughts anthony yes drew i agree um so is the check in the mail is that what you're is is that what's happening here yeah yeah he he knows it's good (laughs) (laughs) um I'm, i'm telling you man this is a brilliant game but it was ugly it was didn't have enough variability at the end of the game and you know i i don't know what it is like a little bit more, a little bit more. Give us a little bit more and people would love it. I already love it. Give us more and everybody else would love it. And then I could play the game more. Sure. Expansion would be great for that too. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many games. Vegas Showdown is absolutely true. I actually like the game a lot. 
I have a friend who has an extra copy that supposedly, fingers crossed, he's still holding on for me. But it's it's a very generic, bad, paper-thin kind of copy. Magical Athlete was a game I played back in Myriad Day games, and I really liked the game. Again, it's funny, stupid, simple, random. But again, it's it's what it's supposed to be. And that's never been reprinted, and that's a shame. I guess if I was looking for something for me personally, I guess that would probably be, and this is going to be kind of a cheat answer, but you know, War of the Ring, right? Can I get a can I get a mm. reprint of the, the the box version, like the actual wooden box with like the real painted oh figures and things like that? Like, I mean, we, it's just, and a lot of these games have been reprinted, but they've gotten like a lesser version, which seems weird in the days of Kickstarter where everything's an Uber version. And then sometimes they're like, oh, cool, we reprinted the game. It's worse, but somehow more expensive. So I don't know. Like, that's that's definitely a thing. There's a lot of games that could use a lot of love. Uh, Anthony, you, you and I just were, were talking about restoration games, about bringing a lot of these games back right. out. So, yeah, I think that would be great. I mean, I think that there we all have that list of games that we love and adore, but it doesn't get table time because it's just not a modern production of the game. It doesn't have to have, like, super crazy bits, it just has to have a modern production that you're like, oh, cool. This is colorblind friendly. This is socially conscious. This has a you know reasonable card quality. This has reasonable bits. There's not like five random expansions that were never combined. To, like just those kind of things. Um, we're not dealing with Grail games anymore so much. I guess maybe other than Rune Wars <laughs> that we were talking about earlier, where games are just not getting reprinted, but. Who knows? It's one of those things. But yeah, if you did want to see that terrified version, it's actually up on a picture in our Facebook page. So again, join us on Twitter. Join us on Facebook. Even though the question of the week, we've talked about it. We always come back to them. And again, we'd love to have your responses. And the question of the week, which is, of course, the question of the day, happens every day on Twitter, on Facebook. And of course, you can find this and all of our social media and everything else in the world that we've been doing these days on BoardGamersAnonymous.com. So join us there so that we can join you at the table. All right, Anthony. So that's what's going on with our listeners and our viewers. Let's get on to the games that we want to hit the table. And let's talk about our acquisition disorders. All right. Uh, I think it's cool that you just mentioned Rune Wars because yes. mine is a new game from the designer of Rune Wars, Corey Kineska. I know. I've heard of him. It was, yeah, he's he's pretty famous. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a guy, he worked at Fantasy Flight Games for 15 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. He designed StarCraft, the board game uh, with mm-hmm. Christian Peterson. He designed Battlestar Galactica, World of Warcraft, Rune, Rune Wars, Rune Age, Gears of War, Mansions of Madness, uh, Star Wars Rebellion. He designed so many amazing games. I own, I, I think I own everything I just said. Um, so, um, one of the great designers of all time in, in terms of like a Marathrash games. And so he's back with a new studio actually that spun out of fantasy flight games called unexpected games. And his first game is the initiative. Um, he is the lead designer in this game and it is a interesting described game. I've not played this yet. I do have a copy that I have picked up. I've not had a chance to play it yet because again, just getting back to the, the swing of things with other gamers. Um, but it is a cooperative board game of story based because every ca- every chapter that you take in the campaign campaign is one page in a comic book that comes with the game. It takes like 30 to 60 minutes. So it's like a whole comic book that you play through. Um, and then you advance the story regardless of whether you defeat the mission or not. So similar to Arkham Horror. Uh, so it's going to kind of change how the game proceeds so it's it's got like legacy type of elements but it's not really a legacy game like things don't actually change in terms of board game components but you move forward it's a story-based game it's heavily story and scenario driven um the actual story of the game is like you are teenagers in 1994 very specifically 1994 because we're talking about the height of a comic book boom which is ironic because we were talking about this before the show um and you find a mysterious board game called The Key. And then you're trying to mm-hmm. get through this game and figure these things out and go through these various chapters. Um, it's a deduction style, puzzle style, adventure type of board game. You can play with just one person, up to four people. It's cooperative, of course. So it's taking in a lot of things that you already know and mixing them up in type, 
like a blender of sorts, right? It's not just an escape room type of game. It's got like escape room elements, which is like a whole genre of board games now. It's not just a cooperative game, but it is a cooperative game, you know? Um, it's not just a legacy type of game or a story-based game that kind of proceeds, but it is those things as well. It's Kineska saying, I like these eight elements. Let's jam them together, which is what I do and what I've done for 15 years and create something new. Um, again, I haven't played it. I don't know how good it is. I hope to review it here in the next few weeks, but uh, I have it. I'm very excited to play it. And that is the initiative. Very cool. Yeah, I was excited about this and there was a lot of, you know, just anticipation about how good this would actually be. And it's really a different type of game. So I'm really looking forward to your review on this and hopefully getting a copy to the table soon. All right. So I want to talk about uh, my acquisition disorders. Uh, Let me just talk about one really quick, one that you've probably already seen. This is on Kickstarter currently. And I've talked about this a while back. This is Canvas, but now it's Canvas Reflections Expansion and Reprint. So this was a campaign I talked about not too long ago on my acquisition disorders. And again, it was all about this very small game that was basically a set collection game. In fact, it had this really kind of unique box system where the box itself could be hung on the wall and the box cover was this really interesting, like, I guess, like watercolor-esque, you know, fantasy, you know, kind of artwork. Think Dixit. So basically... What we're looking at is like Dixit level abstract fantasy kind of nature of this set collection game. And basically what you do is you are sleeving cards and using these transparent cards that each of the cards has a particular element on it. So it could be a figure in the background, it could be a cloud, it could be a tree, whatever it was. But basically when you sleeve these cards together, it made a picture. It wasn't a radical, you know, crazy amazing picture but it added elements to the picture and on the bottom was these different markers that again based upon how you collected things and based upon whatever the goals were for that game so you had a number of goals that you were trying to shoot for and four of them would be laid out and that's what you would shoot for so maybe you would needed a color um, of each as far as that was concerned or a shape of each in that. So it really didn't matter what the artwork looked like. That was kind of secondary to a very abstract set collection game. So this game kind of blew up pretty big. It's obviously in the line of those kind of like family weight gateway games kind of situation. And again, very basic, very quaint, really kind of cute little game. And again, you can hook it on your wall and everyone got a really big kick out of it. But mechanically not that radically different so what they're doing is reprinting it which is great because a lot of people did want to pick this game up when it was you know out there but couldn't get the kickstart so canvas reflections is an expansion for it and honestly it's what (laughs) it's what it states in the name basically those plastic sleeves that you sleeved into this the card sleeves in order to make the full image now you could flip them around so now it's almost the mirror reflection of that image so in that case it gave you a slightly different image it gave you a slightly different uh you know scoring opportunity to put together that's primarily it now there is an additional board which allows for more cards to be on the market but obviously as you're skipping down the line it's going to cost more to be able to skip down the line but you have more options which is great because again let's be honest This is a game about really pretty artwork and a very light set collection game. This is not a brain burner whatsoever, and it doesn't have to be. So uh, having an expanded market is fun so that you can actually put together stuff that you would like to see in a picture. Beyond that, it offers yellow ribbons, which again are based upon how you're able to score certain markers on the bottom of your card. So there's an extra scoring condition here, and it just adds more cards. That's primarily it. If you have the original game and you like it, this is more of the same, of course, nothing radically different whatsoever. It's just primarily just more. If you haven't picked this up, and again, you like that kind of Dixic artwork like I do, and you're looking for something light and accessible for family or friends, Canvas Reflections Expansion and Reprint will wrap up on Wednesday, May 12th. So you still have some time, about two weeks to go on that. And again... It's, it's worth taking a look at. Yeah, I, I heard about this one several different places. I mm-hmm. uh, I feel like 
COVID does this to me a little bit where <laughs> games kind of float by and I'm like, sure. I haven't seen it or experienced it or purchased it or played it or see, you know, in, in any form, sure. but doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And then it pops up on the hotness and people are posting pictures everywhere and it looks beautiful. I'm like, how did I miss this game? This looks amazing. So it's cool that there's another Kickstarter so you get a second chance at it. Yeah. And if you're going to buy the base game itself, just the base game is pretty reasonable. It's like 35 bucks. I think the problem came in with this Kickstarter is you were adding so much more to the shipping with the game. So it was a little more expensive. And they did have a deluxe version. So again, it just made some of the pieces a little bit better. So that was another 10 to 15 bucks. And if you get the whole thing, it's going to cost you, I think it, it's something like $60 for just the base game and the expansion. And then for the deluxe version, it's going to be $80. So again, for a very light mm, game, it does become very expensive right away. But again, I think one of the things you have to remember with these kind of games is, artwork is expensive we always remember like when you see a game that has multiple pieces of artwork that's where a lot of the money comes into play and that's perfectly reasonable so yeah i would recommend checking this out the artwork isn't radical because again it's a it's a it's an abstract set collection game but i think it's something to take a look at and people got kicked out of it on my other acquisition disorder i just wanted to give an update here last week we talked about please stop me from backing or buying whatever the X game happens to be. So the X game this week was actually Marvel United X-Men, ironically enough. And we just want to talk about how great games are, whether they're on Kickstarter or they're in the market and how you really want to back them. But unfortunately, sometimes because of the size, because of the cost, because of a number of reasons, maybe you should not do that. So we gave you a little discussion of that last week. So if you're considering buying Marvel United X-Men, Listen back to our previous episode where we kind of get into real detail here. But I wanted to bring everyone an update because Anthony and I were still on the fence. We didn't feel like there was enough stuff in the overall Kickstarter to back it. And again, that's weird to say for a Simon game because Simon has like always a ton of stuff. But again, Marvel United was a very light, light, super light co-op game. And X-Men was just that, but with X-Men. And I'm a big X-Men fan from back in the day. So I was like, oh, this is cool, but I still shouldn't buy this, right? Because it's like a hundred and something dollars for just a bunch of random miniatures. So what did they add? Well, they added more miniatures, right? So for people out there who care, Multiple Man, awesome. Uh, Weapon X, really awesome miniature there. Pixie's in there. Namor is in there, which again... Namor was always a mutant, kind of, possibly, but was never really a big figure in X-Men comics until more recently. But he's in here, too. They added a, a couple more villains into here. Uh, in particular, right now, when we're talking about this, Omega Red has been unlocked. They have the Brood Queen. The Brood Queen is basically Alien or Aliens the movie, but in X-Men format. And what they really did recently, uh, I guess pass or surpass as far as the stretch goal is concerned is x-force expansion so if you watch the more recent deadpool movie or if you know x-force you got cable you got shatterstar you got strife as the bad guy you got um domino and cannonball so um nice little expansion to add to that um doesn't radically change anything but it's a nice little expansion to add to over the course what they did add after we recorded would added a blue team and a gold team. So if you remember back in the day, they were making so much money over the X-Men that they split them up into two comics, which again, obviously is kind of a standard, but the base team was split up and you had a blue team and a gold team. So here, this is an interesting new mechanic where the blue and gold team are fighting the same bad guy, but whoever scores the most points wins the game. So it's cooperative two teams are cooperating separately and trying to score the most points and whoever does that wins. So it's a different take. And I appreciate that because it's a different, slightly different game mode. And maybe that works out really well. That's pretty cool. They're also adding the Phoenix five, which is a more recent storyline where the Phoenix force, the dark Phoenix force gets split up amongst five uh, heroes and they become like evil and then hope summers has to fight them so there's a slightly different game mode there that's also another expansion they added plastic tokens if you want that they added a, a play mat which i think you do want this one particularly has you know two versions to it 
So again, another opportunity to buy all the Marvel United stuff if you'd like. Definitely more of a reason to buy this week than last week. It still has at least seven days to go when by the time you hear this, and it'll be wrapped up on Wednesday, March. I'm sorry, Wednesday, May 5th. So it pulls me a little more to push the backing button, but I think eventually there's going to be an all-in pledge. And I'm still waiting for Shadow Cat and Nightcrawler, and I can't do it without them. So I'm telling you, man. So yes, it's more stuff, and it's yes. good stuff. It is. But 90% of everything you just said costs more money. It does. <laughs> These are not included things. These are all added buys. The X-Force is included. Everything else yes. is extra money. So keep that in mind if you're listening. More money. Yes. The all-in pledge money. last time was 200 bucks, 220 something like that. This time, right now they're sitting at 100 but it's going to be like another 120 probably. Yeah. I would guess. So yeah, there's... You want all the things we just said, 200 bucks. Think about it that way. <laughs> so... Yeah, there's it's it's certainly going to be again, it's really hard to tell based on like what they decide to bring out. I think there's gonna be one more team box at least. There's definitely gonna be an Excalibur. They were they were a mutant team based in Britain, and th- that group did have Nightcrawler and it did have Shadowcat and a couple of other characters in there too. So I think that's going to be another box. Alpha Flight is the Canadian mutant team. Again, this is stuff that most people don't care about, but yeah, I think we're looking at 220, 250 again, all in pledge with again, you, you know, we'll see. So yeah, keep an eye on this if you're a big X-Men fan. If you're not a big X-Men fan, or just not an X-Men fan at all, or don't want to own all the Marvel United, and I can't imagine why. <laughs> uh yeah, this is something to still kind of, you know, tiptoe around a little bit. All right. So those are acquisition disorders. Please continue to follow with us as we suffer through our acquisition disorders and try to avoid buying the very expensive but awesome game. So, Anthony, let's talk about the games that did hit the table. Let's talk about our At the Tables. So, what do you have up for us this week? Yes, sir. Uh, At the Table this week, I played Ride the Rails. Uh, This game came out last year, sometime in the middle of the pandemic. I could not possibly tell you when because, (laughs) ugh, COVID brain and all that. Um, But this is the second game in the series of cube rails games, uh, Mm -hmm. the iron rails games from capstone games where they took older games and kind of re-implemented them with brand new artwork, brand new production value. Uh, in this case, they took rail USA from John Borer and gave Ian O'Toole the artwork credit. And of course it looks fantastic. It's a beautiful game as a result. Um, the first game in the series is Irish gauge. Also amazing, very beautiful. And the thing that's consistent about these games is that they each take about an hour to play. So you think train games, you think big Euro, you think many, many hours, but no, cube rail games in general, this whole series of games, they're known for taking the components of the bigger, longer train games, like the 18XXs and the the big, long train. There's a few other genres of train games and consolidating it down into less than an hour. And this is one of those, right? Um, So how does it play? Uh, The the basic idea of the game is you have multiple different train lines, right? Uh, I think there's five or six of them. Um, You start the game, there's six rounds in the game. You start the game with two of them available for people to take stocks in and build with. And then each game, a new one, or each round, a new one unlocks, right? So you're going to go around the table at the beginning. People are going to choose which stock they want to take, red or blue. And that's going to be done in reverse player order. And then in player order, you're going to place trains um, based on the number of players you can place between, I think, five and eight or four and eight trains out. And these are going to connect different cities uh, on the map, right? And then when you connect the cities, you're going to move passengers between them. And the number of spaces that the passengers move are going to generate revenue. And then you, everybody who owns stock in that train or train company is going to gain revenue, right? So it's a train game. So if you've never played a train game, the basic idea of these, most of them is if you have stock, you don't own that company. You just have a share in the production of that company, right? So if somebody else runs a passenger over the blue line and they have two stocks in blue, they're going to get, you know, two times however many spaces they move, right? They get money. But if you also have two stocks in blue and it's not even your turn, 
you also get money from the blue stocks that you own, right? So mm-hmm. it's a matter of not just placing out the trains and making sure they connect in the right places and running things in the way that's the most beneficial to you, mm-hmm. but owning stocks that other people might run through and making sure you generate money on other people's turns. That's how you're going to win the game, right? Uh, there's a limited number of trains for each of these different companies. So the red and blue run out really quickly, uh, especially in a lower player count games, because you can place up to eight trains at a time in like a two or three player game. And then you're going to move on to the orange and the yellow and then the black and the purple. And the game is over before you know it. So um, you start on the East Coast, you move your way West. And ultimately, if you can connect the West Coast to the East Coast, there's a bonus points for that. There's some cities you get bonus points for. Um, Chicago is bonus points. Denver, I think. Salt Lake City. uh, Like these big major connection points historically. Uh, There are other maps for the game as well. Uh, the, the, the base game comes with the USA map, but then of course there's, I believe the Germany map and the France map maybe that came as like bonus buys you could pick up. And there's two more maps on the way as well that they're making. The game takes, it says 45 to 60 minutes. It's super accurate. Uh, it's very clean. It's very quick. It's easy to teach because there's only like three mechanics in the game. Uh, the complexity comes in with what stock do you take? When do you st- take it how do you mess with other people when do you take the trains which trains do you take because you can put mm-hmm. trains out of any stock that you have so if you take one of every stock in the first four rounds you could place any of those trains as long as they still exist uh it's entirely up to you and yeah it's definitely better with more people uh i've, I've definitely seen that the fewer people you have the harder it is to kind of manage things i think three players is not ideal because you get two people in one stock and one person in the other, and the one person who's on their own is going to have a hard time. But four players is perfect. It's a lot of fun. Um, highly recommended because it is quick, because it is inexpensive. You know, it's a $40 game. If you like trains, if you like cube rail games, if you like quick, light Euro games, you know, 2.5 weight, uh, check out Ride the Rails. Nice. I mean, right off the bat, when you say Ian O'Toole artwork, I'm like, hmm, this might be the game. This might be the one. (laughs) So (laughs) if you don't play train games, if you are new to the that kind of whole thing with the with the stocks and such, is this the game? Is this the one you pull you you pull the trigger on? I don't know. I don't know if I like this one more than I like Irish Gage. Like I liked Irish Gage a lot. I reviewed that like maybe a year and a half ago and I gave that a buy. This one is like right on the line between play and buy for me, where Ooh. I really enjoy it a lot, but the player count issues are issues, right? It They say three to five players, but three players I don't think is ideal because that third player is the odd man out, and they're always going to be no matter how you tweak it. Um, yeah. So I think it's really just a four-player game, and that alone kind of like, uh, maybe it's sure. not as good because Irish Gage is a little more open. Um, yeah. Iberian gauge or iberian rails that the third in the Mm -hmm. series is shipping very soon and that looks to like solve all these problems so i'm excited for that one Um, but this is a very very strong play not quite a buy i don't think but if you like cube rail games it's among the prettier ones out there because historically these games are not very pretty um and this one looks very nice cool all right all right so again if you'd like to catch all of our game reviews what we think about the games, all of our episodes, which are evergreen. So if you're ever trying to figure out if you should be back a game, I'm sure we've covered it at some point. Check out BoardGamersAnonymous.com. All of our episodes are up there. All right, Anthony. So that's what's going on with our games that are hitting the table. Let's get on to our feature review. So for our feature review this week, we are talking about the hotness, the games that are on Board Game Geek that everyone's talking about for any number of reasons. And our good friend here, Anthony, will let you know why those games are hot, where they're going, and maybe even if you should pick them up or not. All right, Anthony, I will let you look into your magic pop-o-matic bubble and let us know why these games are here on the hotness list. All right. Yeah. So if you are a, uh, if you're familiar with this, you know how this goes. If you're new, half of these are going to be different. You maybe never heard of them before. And the other half are going to be games that you've heard of a hundred times. And that's why they're on the hotness. So it's still good. Uh, we it's might still skip good over a list. few real quick. Yeah, no, yeah. it's good. 
Yeah. But if we skip past it really quick, because we've gotten comments on this, like, why don't you talk about Gloomhaven more? I'm like, because <laughs> it's been on the list for like 37 months. We've mentioned it every month. It's Gloomhaven. There's nothing to say anymore. Um, and to be fair, yeah. we've covered Gloomhaven on like 57 episodes. So again, BoardGamersAnonymous.com is there for a reason. So you just go to the search feature, type in Gloomhaven and see 57 different references to it at least. The, the irony is, I said Gloomhaven, I don't actually think it's on the hotness this week. So, Oh, no. What happened? I know. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But there are a few that are uh, familiar favorites we'll talk about. Sure. Uh, All right. So, anyways, we're going to talk about the top 15. Kicking it off, number 15, My Father's Work. Uh, this is a huh? new game coming from Renegade Game Studios. It is okay. a horror game about a yeah. mad scientist creating monsters. So my father is the mad scientist. The work is the monsters he creates. Uh, it is designed by T.C. Petty III, who also did, of all games, Viva Java, the coffee game, uh, which okay. we talked about back in yeah. like, the early, early episodes. Oh, yeah. And this one is actually going up on Kickstarter tomorrow. So if you're listening to this yesterday, uh, and that's probably why it's on the hotness right now. Uh, so it's not released yet. It is a horror worker placement game, which is rare, but not as rare as you might think. There's a few of them that have come out recently, but sure. it's a narrow niche. So I feel like a lot of people are going to jump on this because it is a horror game. You don't get a lot of those. So if you like horror games, keep an eye out for this one. Uh, number 14, It's a Wonderful Kingdom. I talked about this last week. It is a re-implementation of It's a Wonderful World. It's on Kickstarter right now. Um, it's a one or two player only game. Uh, in a fantasy world take on It's a Wonderful World, which is like a more modern kind of sci-fi take on uh, uh, like just drafting in general. It's like a Seven Wonders kind of spinoff. So um, this one's like an I cut, you choose bluffing card drafting mix up for two players. So I, I'm excited for it. I'm going to check it out. But that's where it's at right now. Number 14. Sounds good. Uh, number 13 is After the Empire. This is from Gray Fox Games. This was on Kickstarter last year, or a little bit before that. Uh, now they put it up on GameFound, where you can back it again to get like the updated second edition with some tweaks and new new stuff added on. Uh, the game came out; a bunch of people got it. We have not had a chance to play it, you or I, Chris, but a lot of other people have been very hot on this game, and because of that, they're they're republishing it and making sure more people can pick it up um, because. It's like a big, expensive Kickstarter type of game, but there are no conventions through which to sell it. So it is on GameFound right now. Mm -hmm. All right, next up is Hidden Leaders. Uh, this is a game on Kickstarter right now. I yes, I was poking around, and other than the fact that it's on Kickstarter, I can't really see a good reason why people are like chomping at the bit for this one. Um, the designer... Uh, there's three designers listed on the game and it looks like all three of them are first time designers. So there's no designer pedigree here. Um, we have a whole bunch of publishers listed. Don't know where that's coming from. So if you're out there listening and you're thinking, Oh, I know all about hidden leaders. I know Marcus Mueller and Andreas Mueller and Raphael Stalker and why this game is so popular. Let us know, but it is a hidden role bluffing style hand management type of game so kind of in that ballpark of you know deduction style games that are always very popular on kickstarter but it's up here now uh on the hotness list at number yeah, it, 12 it has nice artwork and it promises to be more of a substantial deduction game so i think that's a, a lot of the panache behind all of it yeah i could see that yeah yeah like add, adding actual gameplay to the deduction genre is always good it's true all right number 11 uh marvel united it just shipped to backers this one's easy uh we talked about this last week where we chris you actually reviewed it uh last week on the podcast and we've talked about it now two weeks in a row for the new version the x-men version on kickstarter right now so if you've listened to the podcast at all last week or this week you know all about marvel united and what we think of that uh it's it's up here right now because people are talking about the new content and the existing content that just came out absolutely 
Uh, number 10, Terraforming Mars. It So when I talked about Gloomhaven before, I should have said Terraforming Mars because this is the other one that pops up every single week. We talk about it every week. Uh, there's no reason for it to be up here other than that it is Terraforming Mars. It's popular. There are two outstanding Kickstarters right now. There's a dice game or a card game, I'm sorry, and the big box version. Neither what, yeah. none of them have shipped yet. There's also some other stuff in development. I don't know. I think some people had gotten early copies, at least as, as far as I've seen on Facebook, that they got, they sh- mm. they're showing off some of their plastic miniature stuff. So um, however they were able to do it, I think that's what's piqued interest. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that was almost a year ago, so they should be uh, yeah. producing that stuff. We didn't back it, so it didn't come to us, but I think some people got early editions of it, so I've seen some very, very, very slight initial pictures. All right. Makes sense. All right. Next up, we've got Marvel Champions, the card game. Uh, the new content this month was the Guardians of the Galaxy kind of mega yep. expansion, so they released mm-hmm. a new hero pack or enemy pack every month but once a year they release like a big box version which is like a campaign box with like triple the amount of content and so that was guardians of the galaxy this month and i think the follow-up coming up then is we're gonna get star lord and gamora um hero packs in may so yeah more guardians it was rocket and groot in the original pack we're gonna get star lord and gamora and i think drax maybe is june so Lots of Guardians content coming up. This is just one of the big hot um, uh, LCGs that are out at the moment. So it's generally always up on the list. Makes sense. Red Rising. uh, Next one up here on the list at number seven, I believe. Uh, This is the new game from Stonemaier Games. And it's been shipping now for like two or three weeks to the champions or Stonemaier champions that they call them. Mm -hmm. Uh, People who pay for the extra kind of shipping discount and early access to the games. And we actually have a copy on the way to us, a review copy. We're going to be talking about it here in the next week or so, Um, either next episode or the week after that. uh, We're going to be talking about Red Rising. Uh, But this is actually based on a book series that I enjoyed quite a bit. It's kind of like a fantasy sci-fi mix that takes place on Mars in the not-so-distant future. Uh, So... You know, stay tuned for that. I'm hoping the game is good. I don't know anything about it yet. Hmm. Next up, we've got Monster Hunter World, the board game from Steamforged Games. Uh, Steamforged is known for their video game-themed board games. Like, the big one that got them on the map was Dark Souls, the board game. But they've done a whole bunch of them since then. We've got um, Horizon Zero Dawn came out uh, last year. Resident Evil 2, the board game. Uh, Dark Souls, the card game. Uh, they also did that. Uh, some of their own IPs include Guild Ball, God Tier. So this is their newest. It's actually on Kickstarter right now. Um, I don't know anything else about it. I tried to play Monster Hunter World, and it immediately devoured my brain, and I, I gave up like two hours in because it is a very complicated game, and I don't have time for that. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, A lot of people really love it. So it, it seems ripe for big, giant miniatures in a board game. So um, I'm not surprised to see it here. All right, number five on the list, Dune Imperium. This has been on the list since November when it popped up uh, and released. This game was supposed to come out in conjunction with the movie, but that got delayed a full year. Um, Yes. The thing that's interesting about this game, though, and I've played it solo, and Mm -hmm. I liked it okay. I didn't love it, but I do have a copy, is it's already almost in the top 100 on BoardGameGeek, and I don't quite understand how, in the middle of a pandemic, how enough people have played this with enough other people at the optimal player counts, which is three to four people to say, this is one of the best games ever made. I'm not saying it's not, I have not played it that way. I'm just astounded that a game that came out five months ago in the heart of the pandemic is already up this high. Um, I hope it's that good. I just, it's crazy to me. We'll know, we'll know soon enough. I don't know what that means, but we'll know soon. enough. (laughs) Right. All right, number four, Lost Ruins of Arnak, uh, one of the best games of last year in my top 100 personally, and mm-hmm. I think it jumped up into the top 10 here because it was on Board Game Arena, and it's actually one of their top five games, period, um, even though it's only in beta right now. So 
if you've played this and like it, get over there. If you've never played it and we're hoping to get a chance to play it, Board Game Arena is the place to do it. Nice. Number three, Oath, Chronicles of Empire and Exile. Uh, this is the new Leader Games production from Cole Worley. It is shipping everywhere. It's not yet shipping here in the States. I think they're saying May to June for us. Yes. Uh-huh. But in Europe and Asia, people are already getting their copies. So it's up here on, on the hotness because a lot of people are getting a chance to get it to the table. They didn't have to ship it as far. They didn't have to deal with the Suez Canal or whatever that nonsense was. <laughs> um, Soon to be a board game somewhere, right? Oh my God. I'll be surprised if it wasn't. Um, so I did back this. I'm eagerly awaiting it. Don't have my copy. Will not have it until June, probably. But uh, when I get it, you will hear all about it. Okay. Number two is Brew from Pandasaurus Games, uh, designed by Stevo Torres. Uh, this is a interesting game. You hear brew and you think beer, which tells us a lot about each other. Um, but really, it's about making potions. It's a nature-based game. Um, you're, sure. You've got all these different animals. You've got the, the seasons you have to deal with. And the weird tweak of the game is all the seasons exist all at once. And then the day and night have no real cycle. They rotate based on what the forest wants them to do. So you are taking various element dice. Um, you're trying to take back control of the seasons and basically bring the world under control to a certain degree, which is kind of a weird theme, but also somewhat interesting because it is entirely nature-based. There's not humans doing this. It's just kind of a, a separate, you know, um, element to it. You're recruiting the creatures, you're brewing the potions, you're building this thing. Uh, so I don't know anything about this. I know it's uh, been, they've been putting a lot of energy into like promoting the, the the release of the game the last few months so it's popped up in a lot of different places it's relatively inexpensive i think it's a 30 dollars game you can get it for 22 online uh but yeah i'd be interested to check it out once it pops up for real you know in the stores nice and then number yeah. one just for you chris this game is here for you no galaxy <laughs> trucker 2021 no! edition they don't even call it second edition. They just call it Galaxy Trucker 2021, re-implementing Galaxy Trucker whenever that other game came out. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Vladis Shavadl's weirdest game. What say you, sir? I don't know. Do, do I want to get banned? <laughs> <laughs> what bothers me most about, again, I, I haven't, I, I did see this come up. I did not look at it because some days you just need to get through the day. And right now it's just getting through the day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, here's the thing. Everything about this game is a thing that I, I love. I love sci-fi. I love spaceships. I love building spaceships. I love the whole, even the whole pick up and deliver kind of thing is awesome. And yet the game is just, I don't know. It just, it doesn't do it for me in, in such a problematic way. It's just, it, it doesn't, it's just no <laughs> and again it's just it, it, it takes what should be a great game and just it just it just misses the mark on every single thing i hope that somehow they've streamlined it or fixed a couple of things because in the end what you're doing is like you're scrounging around in a box full of random pieces to put together a random ship and then it goes on a random voyage and then it randomly gets hit and then random bad things happen and sometimes your ship just floats off and there's nothing you could do so I mean, you're almost better off just sticking your hand into the box, grabbing a bunch of tiles, throwing it on on the mat, and just going, all right, I'll be back in 20 minutes. Let me know if I won or whatever, and that's it, because that's just how the game plays out. So uh, it's kind of painful as far as that's concerned, because this should be a game that I love, and it's just not. So I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, bad news. It seems like it's still real-time rummaging around in a box, but... Uh, it's got new artwork the the original artwork not great uh more ship tiles so different options they tweaked some of the card effects and they did streamline the gameplay so that it only takes one flight through space not multiple flights as you repeatedly get blown up so maybe better but also the core mechanic is exactly the same so probably not (laughs) if i wasn't doing a podcast or Twitch channel, or a YouTube channel, or any of the other hundred things, Instagram, 
TikTok, whatever. If I wasn't doing all of those things, I would just avoid it because, yeah. But if it does come by my way, I will play it and I will let you know. <laughs> Take one for the team, kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Galaxy Trucker. A lot of people must like it, though. It's number one up here. Just based on the announcement. There's nothing out yet. There's no app. There's no Kickstarter campaign. It is coming sometime this summer. And people are like, woo! Hey, look, if you love it, uh, don't make don't make my, uh, you know, trauma take away your happiness out of it. Because, you know... That's what we're, that's what life is all about. Finding something that you love and then loving the heck out of it. And no one gets to say anything about what you love. So um, I have complete respect for all the Galaxy Trucker games out there and gamers out there who really love it because it just doesn't do it for me, maybe for you. But yeah, but uh, yeah, I will totally probably possibly under the fear of death, uh, you know, play the game again if, if, if it ever crosses my path. But yeah, we'll see. All right. So that's everything for this week. Until next time, this is Chris. And this is Anthony. And we'll save you all a seat at the table. Even Galaxy Trucker. Take care. Bye.